hello and welcome to Growing Up Brown, a podcast brought to you by me. Honestly, the mission with Growing Up Brown was just to realistically build a community for people like myself and to also be able to shed some light on our communities. So like, you know, just like they see stigmas, mental health, traditions, superstitions, why do we do the things that we do, where they originated from, not that any of us would really know. Um, why our weddings are seven days long and a hundred thousand dollars minimum honestly it's just really an outlet to be able to freely talk about these things and have maybe hopefully people relate Um, that being said a little bit about myself I am a Indo-Canadian Fijian Muslim a daughter and only child to my loving parents Um, And with having such a wide umbrella, there's a lot that goes with it. So, you know, being an Indo-Canadian, Fijian Muslim, uh, you don't really fit in anywhere. You know, you're never Indian enough, you're never Canadian enough, or never Muslim enough, and definitely never Fijian enough. So there was never really a a set bunch of people that I ever really vibed with you know what I mean so I hopped around a lot growing up um and I grew up without my cousins I grew up without my uncles and my aunts I grew up without my grandparents it was just my parents and I out in Calgary at a very young age and we didn't have any family when we originally moved to Calgary so I'm originally from Toronto Ontario and so when we moved to Calgary it was just us and so any family or friends that we had we're from a community from my dad's past so like people he either went to school with or he knew or he played soccer with all from back home and so I would call like them auntie and uncle and their kids would now be my cousins and so on and so forth right but it never was really a true thing like you know what I mean like they never really were my actual aunt and uncle they were never really my actual cousins but you know we gave each other the respect of being such anyways going into elementary you know we were kids what did we know everyone was your friend everyone was someone you wanted to share your your snacks with everyone was someone that you just wanted to play with on the playground and you know you had crushes on the random white kid (laughs) because back then we didn't know anything but all of that changed very quickly for myself because uh Although elementary school was very lighthearted and everyone was just there to have a good time. Um, Unfortunately, then events of 9-11 took place while I was in grade 6. And so in grade 6 was actually the year that I had decided that I wanted to start wearing the hijab. Shocking, I know. And I did. I did wear the hijab for the full year of grade 6. And then I took it off shortly after. No one forced me into it. No one forced me out of it. There was no oppression. Relax, everybody. I made this decision consciously and on my own with no influence of anyone. Yeah, but it was really hard. So going into grade 6, not only am I still the new girl at the school because I had moved um, elementary schools in grade 4. So in grade 5, I was the new chick. And then being the new chicken going into grade six, like I still hadn't made the same amount of friends as everyone else. Like everyone there had grown up with everyone from, you know, kindergarten and onwards, where I left my friends who I've known since kindergarten back at Falcon Ridge. So, you know, it was a little bit odd, but I did make a good chunk of friends out here. But like I said, I dabbled in a little bit of everything. Um, So I remember when 9-11 took place, they rushed us all into the gymnasium 
um, and no one really knew how to go about it. No one really knew how to explain it. No one really knew how to comfort anybody. But what I did know, being the 10 or 11 year old that I was in grade six, was that life was about to get different and difficult. Um, I sat there with my other Muslim friends. Um, there was two Afghani girls and a few Arab girls, and we all just sat there. Um, and I remember when everything went like took place, and we were just watching the news and like absolutely in shock. There was a bunch of like kids crying, and I don't think we even knew why anyone was crying. I think we were just crying because it was just like a lot. But I remember literally looking over at one of my other friends who also wore a hijab, and she looked at me and she's like dude, like, what's gonna happen now? And I was like, I don't know. And my friend who sat between us was an Afghani girl, also Muslim, but she held both of our hands and she's like, it's gonna get rough. Imagine being in grade six, maybe 10 or 11 years old, and you're having to be consoled by your other Muslim friends being like, it's about to get fucking real. Um, and boy, did it get real. <laughs> Um, you know, being a first-generation kid, um, your parents really don't know how to handle these situations. They don't really know what to say, and they definitely don't know how to comfort you. Um, and, like, my dad was born in Fiji, raised in New Zealand, but my mom, on the other hand, who was born in Fiji, she was raised in England at the age of three onwards. Um, and so my mom actually has a little bit more insight on racism and all of this fun stuff not by choice but because back in the day of england times kkk was alive well and thriving um and they were just trying to put an end to anything and anyone who had color so my mom actually lived through that um she you know got picked on she got bullied by the white kids her brothers got followed home and bullied and it wasn't until they all took a stand that the white kids backed off but kkk was very large and predominant and their sole mission was to eliminate anything of color um and so my mom had knowledge of what was going on and she was like fuck here we go again so our peaceful life in canada was about to get real um, so I remember going home and my parents trying to explain to me that like, you know, things are going to change, people aren't going to be nice to us anymore, um, and that we really need to be on our toes at all times. Always constantly check your surroundings, don't talk too much, don't give out too much information. And because I wore the hijab, my parents were even more worried for me and they were like you know like if this is if you feel like you want to take it off we completely understand it's for your safety you're only in grade six so on and so forth and i was like no i'm gonna keep it on so they were like okay like when you're walking home from school like please be careful lock the door when you get home check your surroundings you know just keep your head down and keep it pushing and i was like yeah no worries um yeah in the months to follow i slowly not slowly actually that's a lie it was pretty quick stopped getting invited to birthday parties. I no longer was the girl everyone wanted on their dodgeball team. I was no longer their first pick for anything. Um, and I felt like I got iced out fairly quickly. Um, so then going into junior high, I had decided that I wanted to take the hijab off, not because of 9-11, not because of anyone's influence. It was just, I felt that my heart was no longer in it and I was growing and I was going to a new school. 
and I just wanted to go in with a clean slate. Um, so junior high was also like a large melting pot, but again, I didn't fit in with anybody. So even though I had my friends from elementary school, because of the like because of the events that took place in grade six, a lot of things were rocky going into grade seven. Um, so in junior high, most of my friends were Asian and I kicked it with the Asian girls. So I fully learned how to do origami. I used to write really, really fucking small. <laughs> and I used to have like those cute, like those Asian fucking pencils. Like, you know what I'm talking about? They were like super, super thin mechanical pencils. They had the little charm on the top. They were usually like something Kirby, Kirobi or Hello Kitty or whichever one. I fucking found at that time and I had like very cute little knickknacks like a cute little pencil case and a tiny little erase and everything was just so small um but I fucked with it and I fucked with the heavy like it was my favorite thing um so yeah like and they were all welcoming so one of my good friends Kimmy Kimmy Nguyen shout out to you she held it down for me you know like she took me under her wing and any anytime I felt like I didn't belong she reminded me that I did and I loved her for it so junior high honestly was pretty easy pretty pretty easy because everyone was just like yeah we're just here we're just trying to get through school it's not a big deal um, we got bigger problems coming our way so junior high it kind of let up um, but come high school is when it got difficult again because I was that brown girl like I said that was never brown enough but when you go into high school, now all my Asian friends are fucking in IB League shit. They're fucking in AP English, AP Math, AP Bio. And I'm like, yo, you're lucky I even passed math. Like, who are we kidding? Um, so I didn't, I wasn't in any AP classes. I was just in regular schmegular dash one classes. Um, so I got left behind. All my Asian friends took off. And then when you get into high school, you realize very quickly that everything becomes super clicky. So all the brown girls are the brown girls, all the white girls are the white girls, all the jocks are the jocks, the fucking band kids are the band kids, the Asians are the Asians, and anything left in between figures it out somewhere. And I was like, oh, okay. So I, with the very few brown friends that I did have, took on to the brown girl crew. That was traumatic <laughs> um, because again, I was never truly brown enough. And it's like, how the fuck do I explain what I am to you? Because I was never Fijian enough to hang out with the Fijian girls. And there's not a lot of Fijian Muslims in my time. Hi, Kita. There was not a lot of Fijian Muslims in my time. So you were either kicking it with the Fijian Hindu girls or you were kicking it with the Punjabi girls. And majority of the Muslim girls that I did know were all Arab. So the Arab girls had already made their own little clique and I was not Arab enough for them. Um, and then the brown girls, all the Punjabi girls kicked it together. Um, I didn't know a word of Punjabi. Like I knew bare minimum, like I knew enough to get me by, but like I fucking sounded like a white girl talking Punjabi half the time. Um, and so high school is where I really, really learned the language. I learned the culture. I learned anything and everything because I was like, I need to belong to something. Um, so it was really a need to survive, I guess you can say. But yeah. And then I moved back to Toronto in grade 11. So I did grade 12 in my first year of university in Toronto. So again, leaving behind all the friends that I made to now go make new ones. 
And to be very honest with you, Toronto High School was amazing. It was probably the easiest time I've ever had making friends. I've never felt more that I belonged in my entire freaking life. Zero drama, zero problems. Everyone was just open and welcome. And it's like, I felt like I had known these girls since the dawn of time. The only thing that sucked was during graduation, like all of them had photos from like them going to kindergarten and elementary school together. And I was just like, hey, like I'm just here. So like that kind of sucked that I didn't, I missed out on like the grade 12 experience of like graduating with like my OG friends. But honestly, like, did I really have OG friends? I don't fucking know, um, but it's fine. It was all an experience. And honestly, I wouldn't change it for the world, but it's crazy because I think Toronto is where I truly, truly felt like I was at home um, and where I felt like I was recognized and where I felt like I truly belonged because the Muslim community in Toronto is so, so large, but because it's so large, there's so many different types. Like there's the Bengalis, there's the Sri Lankans, there's, um, there's the Fijians, there's the Indians, there's the Punjabis, there's trinidad guyanese like yo we had everything under the sun and not a single one was like yo i'm better than you even the punjabi girls that i hung out with in toronto like they were down bad when it came for like eid and ramadan just as much as we were down bad for like the wali and nagakirtan and Visaki and all of that like it was crazy um and my two best friends in high school was actually tajian shout out taj um she's bengali right yeah bengali she's from bangladesh and ani shout out ani um and she was asian so like it was crazy because i believe i think it was like grade 12 grad where i was like you have a chinese name and she's like yeah and i was like wait i'm like there's more to this and she was like yeah and i was like what the fuck um but like you learn so much about people and I was honored to be able to meet and grow up with such amazing women and be able to do, to be able to call them my friend and to be able to learn from them firsthand. But anyways, so coming from such a diverse background and having, having been able to experience so much in such a short amount of time, I felt that I was like growing up brown needs to be a thing because there's so much under such a large umbrella that no one talks about like I didn't even know Tamil people existed until I moved to Toronto like that's how sheltered I was because all I fucking knew was Bollywood Indian Fijian and like Muslim go to Toronto and there's predominantly like Sri Lankan individuals like people that descend from there and I remember walking into high school my very first day and my cousin was standing there and I was walking up to him and there was a group of guys talking and I was like what the fuck like my jaw was on the ground because I was like hey, what the fuck are you saying like you what like you look brown as fuck but what are the words coming out of your mouth and my cousin was like you fucking idiot he's like those are Tamils like they speak a whole different language and I was like huh <laughs> He was like, just shut up and keep it pushing. Like, don't look at them like they're weird. And I'm like, I'm not looking at them like they're weird. I'm fucking just fascinated. And he's like, just keep walking. I'm like, okay. And then I met the Caribbean girls. And being Fijian, we are considered Caribbean, which is pretty cool. We're Islanders. But like, I met like Jamaican girls, Guyanese girls, girls from Trinidad. Like, it, Trinidad and Tobago, let me tell you, they're 
way of life next level their food next level but like Toronto was such a huge melting pot where you never felt excluded and I loved that and that is a feeling that I'm trying to bring into growing up brown because I want everyone to feel like they have something and someone to relate to whether it be me whether it be the stories that we share whether it be the experiences that we've all gone through whatever the case is that is the mission with growing up brown is to basically have all of you feel like how I felt going into high school in Toronto um, so yeah that is me I am a wild child <laughs> kind of an old soul now but been through it have been going through it and now I just want to like shed some light and have people be able to relate to my experiences and my life because let me tell you it has been an adventure um, 31 years old and I still have not a damn clue who I am, what I am, where I belong, and when I'm going to belong. And honestly, I don't even think I want to belong to anything because I like being a lone wolf who just dabbles in anything and then leaves when she's done and then off to something new. You know what I mean? Like, life's a fucking adventure. You should be able to just explore and grow and hopefully everyone explores and grows with me and, you know, you break out of your norms you break out of your little shelter and we all stop thinking that we are better than one another because our parents told us to think this way um and we all want to dabble in other people's cultures and ethnicities because we have a lot to learn from one another and that is a fact because it doesn't matter where you come from in this world we all have some nonsense that we need to break and i am here to try to break old habits old traditions and old stigma so the things we were told we were not allowed to talk about, we're about to talk about it. Um, if you ever felt like you were alone, you're not anymore. You're going to have a whole little community behind you. And mental health is going to be a big one that we talk about. There's no more shying away from it because it is a very predominant thing. And for many, many years, it has been swept under the rug. And now our generation and the generations going forward have to deal with so much trauma that really truly should have been dealt with 30, 40 years ago. So here's to breaking stigma and giving our future selves and our future children, should any of us choose to have children, a much better life and understanding because trauma bonding needs to end. <laughs> so stay tuned till next week for a epic episode. Um, and until then, I will see you guys later. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram at Keeping Up Brown Podcast. All your feedback is welcome, but please be kind because I look like I'm tough, but I promise you I cry all the time. Um, so yeah, let us know how we're doing and if there's anything you want to hear us talk about or you know you want to give us your two cents, your opinions, your own stories that you'd like to share with the world, drop it in our DMs. Um, but yeah, until next week, see you guys later. Bye.